0: Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a Not Safe for Work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted.
1: (laughs) Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist.
2: Welcome to Orgasmic Terrorist, here with Jenna and Sarah. For the episode number three, we're going to talk about relationship styles. I brought up with Jenna that I really wanted to talk about relationship styles since they're so vast these days.
1: And I want to know when we realized our relationship style. Hey, guys. I'm Sarah. We always have so much fun doing these conversations. I'm excited to discuss this topic because relationship styles outside of our traditional monogamy are not really spoken about often enough. Alternative relationship styles are on the rise and we want to give them a platform. So I'm really excited to sit down and talk about this stuff. Yay! myself i am polly for me that means i have a husband i have a long-term boyfriend and i occasionally have other lovers from time to time my husband is romantically monogamous but occasionally dates others we also date people together my boyfriend also dates other women and is undecided about whether he is romantically monogamous or not he's in a self-discovery phase so tbd We're excited to see how that lands out for him. Um, You asked me when and how I made the journey to where I am today. So
0: I think for me, being 43 now and being a life relationship intimacy coach trained and still training, always learning and growing, I have such a different vocabulary and understanding of all of the different offerings out there. But I'm a baby of 1978, and that word poly wasn't around for me. There was, I grew up in a super small town. Like I hitched my horse to the hitching post in junior high, small town. And I didn't have outlets like that. I had a very diverse upbringing where I have a, had, excuse me, an over-sexualized father and perverted kind of sense of humor all the time versus my mother's side, which were strict Christians and It was always, I always had shame around the sexual aspects of my life because the other half of my life was in the church and that wasn't respectable or okay. Not having any language around it, I always found capacity for love for other people. I never felt like it was wrong, but I certainly didn't understand that there were other options. Freaking in the 90s, not knowing that what a swinger was at that point or what a poly or a pan or a demi or a relationship styles and then sexual choices to who we are. None of this- Oh my God, there's
2: so many alphabets to that.
0: There are, no, but there are. It's a good point. And I didn't have access to any of them. Again, like my town growing up had 600 people in it. And this is outside of Sacramento. I could go, but I couldn't, that's not, that wasn't my life. I didn't have the oh. language to understand where I was or who I was, or any of that stuff. Growing up further then you start getting introduced to like the only proper word or most notable word, which was swinger. And that seemed fucking crazy sexy to me, but super dirty. I just didn't have any support again. And it wasn't an ideology where I grew up, regardless of the capital of California, it just wasn't supported. There was a lot of cheating for me when I was young, because I developed feelings for people. And I didn't understand, or was it? it's not that I didn't understand that what I was doing was wrong. It's just coming from a, an abusive pattern. When I was a child, I was willing to take any and all love from anybody. And I think that really looking back, that's Polly. That's why. I was right. in-
2: and, and I think it, in our generation, when we were younger now, me being only just a hair older than you, I noticed that Jealousies and uh, the openness to explore open relationships versus poly is a very
0: hard um, pill to swallow. Absolutely. Jealousy is still, listen, at 13 years in, I still get jealous. And it's just a fact and function of relationships. Some people don't, and, and God bless them, like amazing, or Allah, or God's, or whatever you want to say, bless them. I, I wish that was not an insecurity of mine. However, I don't choose to see jealousy as a bad thing. I take it as a moment of growth. What is making I me agree. feel that I am jealous? Well, hardly. My partner, this is where we fatally flaw. Right. When we get jealous, it's an immediate defensive an emotional reaction. So if you're going to try and talk in that moment, emotional conversations don't work. They just don't. It's going to go awry. Shit's not going to land. You're in a fight, freeze, or fawn mode. Shit's not going to land, no matter what your intentions are.
2: Right. Not going to land.
0: So you immediately feel like because you're jealous, this other person has responsibility in it. That's what we're taught. And that's not the truth. They're not Your responsible for no idea that you're jealous unless you vocalize that
2: a long time ago, I took down the thing of fighting, uh, not fighting, but facing jealousy. And you're right. Exactly what I've come across in my own, my own heart is I look at jealousy as a growth moment, not as a negative. Yes, I do feel the jealousy and I honor it that you know, like when my love partner, when they talk about other situations, it sometimes triggers me. Sometimes it doesn't. And when it does, I sit there and literally go, interesting. Why is this triggering me? What about that situation is making me feel jealous? I love the situation and I want to grow from it. I don't, I really truly don't want to own it as a jealous moment.
0: But people don't understand that jealousy, they don't understand jealousy as a growth.
2: True. We're not taught
0: that. That's the whole thing. The whole thing that we're talking about is like all of this language and all of this ability to do self work now has really only come about in intensity in like the last 25 years. and right, certainly right. for me in my life in the last 3 almost 4 i'm going to be 44 here soon. but when oh, i hit 40, I, I know when i hit 40 i was like oh fuck i'm not happy i don't know who i am i don't know what i am i don't know what i want to be fuck And it was like midlife crisis. And it's not because I care about getting older. I fucking revel in getting older. Everything is better. Everything is more authentic. Everything is a growth opportunity. I love getting older. Now, I will tell you that I have vanity issues. I think we've talked about this before, (laughs) but with aspects of aging, but the actual aging thing, like overall, I'm grateful for it. So I I love my
2: wrinkles. You my should. little wrinkle here, my little wrinkle there. I don't
0: like my wrinkles on my pussy. Mine went from being a fat, happy kitty to I think it's <laughs> pounding all the time, and I don't understand. <laughs> like you get yes. fed all the time, bitch. You should be so fucking happy. <laughs> but- I do not like. I do not like the wrinkles.
2: I actually had an argument with my lover who sent right. me a picture, which we talked about. That was the most wrinkliest, pudgiest, <laughs> fucking lips was not my lips. I swear to God, it was not my lips. And to this day, every time he shows me a picture of my pussy, I'm like, see, there's no wrinkles on that.
0: Now you're not lying to me, the two pictures in question. I have gotten the fat happy cat and I have gotten the sad wrinkle pussy. I think it's hilarious. I do too. I, I do the same thing. It. Do you know what I mean? Like I go back and look at all that stuff because I'm, I'm, we're critical of ourselves. Yeah.
2: And the fact that I didn't honor my pussy for so long. To me, that's what it came down. I did not honor my pussy for so long. I was just ashamed of it. Didn't know it existed. The amount of it that I didn't know existed. Like I, you, you made a comment recently and I know we're going to get back to our life choices, but one of the co- comments you made on the first, second episode, doesn't matter, where you explored your pussy, your first orgasm. Yeah. And you went in and explored it and you weren't leaving that couch until you had it. I had one the other day where I put my fingers up there, but I also put my lover's cock up there too. And I had the most amazing orgasm, but I knew felt more of my pussy than I ever had in my entire life ever. And I'm like going, really? Is that what, Oh, that's interesting. That fleshy skin there. And Oh, if I do that there, Ooh, that kind of feels good. But my excuse for doing that was that I, I was helping my
0: lover's penis up there. (laughs) it wasn't me and that's not see that's why we are going to work on this miss sarah because there is no reason that every woman shouldn't know their pussy like i'm not claiming i'm like this expert but i definitely know where the ridges are what it takes and all the stuff and it has been massively beneficial and now that i've decided to own that because i do the fingers in the who too i love that but i don't go it's for my lover I was assisting my lover to justify it. I'm like, I, no, like, I, I was like feeling and that's that. where I'm going. I was actually assisting him to go in there
2: because I wanted to feel him in there, but it was while I was in there, I was feeling around. I'm like, Oh, it feels great. Um, oh, mm-hmm. oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're right. That That's wow. <laughs> it yes. was fun from there but you're right. I did. It is an excuse. Owning our own
0: bodies makes our sexual experiences for ourselves and for our partners so much more amazing.
2: And that's what I want to drive home. That authentic self, like we would put on our tagline for this year. And, and that is a vast statement. We we will definitely dive into over this next year. So coming back to your realization, when did you realize that you were going to make this decision you were saying?
0: I didn't realize it until my third marriage. (laughs) I was married. Third marriage. Third marriage. Yeah. I was married for the first time, uh, kind of shotgun wedding. I was 21 when I got married, 22 when I had my son. And that lasted, literally left him on our one year anniversary and moved up to Oregon from California. Did not get divorced until the following year, almost exactly. I was married for two years and spent maybe three months together out of all that maybe because he was worked out of town and didn't see him very much. Second one, I was not married long, but my relationship was nine years. And of course, that's the 180 to the 180. So I went from a drug addict, poker player that had no responsibilities to a super authoritarian that was... Mentally and emotionally abusive, and not very toxic situation. And I think it had started to hit me in that marriage, to be honest with you. We didn't get married until I think the seventh year of our relationship. And, and when then, did you
2: get divorced out of that? I'm just curious. I'm always curious. Nine years, so it was two years later. So you, you lasted longer separated than married, longer not
0: married than married. Right. Yeah. That's Tried to leave three times, didn't honor myself, super like I said, just a really toxic bad relationship, really did wow. damage for my son and I, really did damage to my son, like not a proud nine years for me, but it was within that, that's a long time to be together with somebody and he and I had actually talked about opening up our relationship in at what I understood at that time being the swinger type of thing. And we were actually creds listing at the time and we had talked oh. about it and I thought it was great. And so he had gone out of town <clears throat> and I had told him that I had made contact with this couple and I was just going to meet them for dinner. And uh-huh. that's what I did. And when I came and I told him about it, while it was happening. And when he came home, he was like, you cheated on me no, like absolutely none of that. Like we were totally, he'd even talked about it with his first wife doing it. Again, it was a controlling, very gaslighting, very toxic, very narcissistic human beings. Yeah. We had actually talked about it. We'd gotten into the discussion. And like I said, I didn't do anything that we hadn't discussed. It just turned out to be this thing. Going through the abuse that I went through with him and coming out, There's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of hard work on yourself and realizing how much you didn't honor yourself and the damage and the trauma that was done. And thankfully met my husband now, though my husband and I now started as an affair. We were both really in, yep, at, our, at our job. We met, and it was a year before anything happened. It was an emotional affair long before it wasn't a torrid thing. Everybody wants to make affairs, tour. it was not. It was emotional. He had an alcoholic wife at the time. They had not had sex for about four years. He was raising and still is the father of her two children, not his biologically and he stayed for the kids and I stayed for the kid. I was so beat down and denigrated into thinking that I was a terrible mom and I couldn't raise a boy because I'm not a boy. And it was awful. And we just met and just, it just grew. He was the most amazing man. I was like, I can't do this. I don't deserve happiness, all these things. And yet a year into it, I just was like, I'm so miserable. I want to fucking die. And this guy is so nice to me. And I know he's like such a good man. And he would, he's not, I know this isn't who he is. Like me, fine. I was a cheater. Like I can say I was a cheater, but he wasn't. And so he's, he was deviant for sure. But I didn't want to do me to him. If that makes sense. Like he didn't deserve me. Yeah. Took me a year and man, that poor man went through everything like so much. And we uh, finally had sex and got busted not long after that. And he was like, if you want to leave, I understand. Cause I always said to him, this is just for me. This is not going anywhere. I'll never leave my marriage because that's my son's father, not his biological, but the only father he's ever known. And so this is just selfish. I understand this is just selfish. I fell in love with him. When inevitably we got busted as we should have, where it's not a proud moment for either. of He came to me and he was like, this happened. And my wife is going to call your husband. And I was like, he goes, so I understand if you don't want to see me anymore. And it didn't even take me a second. I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I cannot live without you. This is not something for me. I made the decision and I knew it was going to be horrible. And our affair made it that much worse for both of us because both of our, and I will say that not only was, do I feel that my ex-husband was a narcissistic human being, so was his alcoholic wife It was not good. We had a very hard time and I do not advocate having an affair. It is not normal that people stay together after that. One spouse leaves, the other one doesn't. We have now been married Or we've been now together 12 years. We just celebrated 12 years and we will be married. Thank you. 11 years. It wasn't supposed to happen. That stuff doesn't happen. This is not. But when we decided to stay together and implode our lives and become one person, we had a very serious conversation because I was like, don't ever ask me to marry me. Don't because we've both been married twice. We're clearly not supposed to be married. I'm in love with you. I will commit the rest of my life to you. I have no problem with that. Do not ask me to get married. And he was like, okay. So
2: my (laughs) current lover did the same thing to me Goes, don't fall in love with me. And I'm like, ain't going to happen. I'm not going to fall in love with you. I'm not there. For
0: me, it wasn't that. I was already (laughs) in love with Ed. Ed was already in love with me. It's just, I didn't think that we should be married. It just didn't make sense to me. And then a year, again, a year into it, he was, he took me down to the Portland Christmas tree and got down on one knee and I had no idea and proposed and it was out of my mouth before I even knew. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> so, Your
2: husband is pretty awesome. It, it would be hard to, to say yeah, no to him too. Yeah.
0: He's an amazing. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. When we finally decided that we were going to get married and all the things, we were a year into our relationship and we really just had an honest conversation about, okay, look, we've both been married twice and we both have like deviant proclivities. And what does this mean? Because I'm not trying to get married again. If I can't make it with my husband, I clearly cannot make it with anybody because that man is like the easiest guy to get along with. It's definitely my fault this time. (laughs) If we get divorced,
2: it's not his. He's really amazing. You made a comment previously that a year ago, was it a year ago that you went up to him and like, our marriage isn't going to work unless. um No, that was
0: 40. So that was almost four years ago. That was, I was 40. And I said, I am, if I don't find a hobby and if I don't figure out who I am, we will be divorced in a year. That's it. Is that the end of, of my decision here? We just started having the conversation and made mutual decision that we wanted to see if we could have a swinger at the time, again, uneducated for both of us, like a swinger lifestyle. And we didn't care if it was sex and blah, 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 blah. We decided to get on a swinger platform. How about right. that? Unless you spent the money, you didn't have a lot of access to things. You could like, maybe like somebody or flirt with them, but you couldn't really have a communication with them. So you have to upgrade it. It's a pyramid scheme, in my opinion. Anyway, So we tried on there, everybody likes you on there immediately, but then as well as connection, it's hard to make connection if you talk to people. So it took a month and it's as a first experience, it's, it's exciting and it's torrid and it's like naughty and all these things. And it inspires like so much connection. And just like at that point, just having it fantasy is so much the point where you're like two months in and it's like, meh this is stupid are we seriously gonna do this or not but I appreciated that because you had to like take some time to evaluate and see if oh maybe this part is just enough and just flirting with people is enough or are we ready and we collectively decided that we were ready to actually okay let's like let's do this the thing and that's where we landed our first couple which we all talked together for probably a month and there was photos shared and it was super hot and titillating and that amped the connection and sex all up again and it was amazing and then we got to the point where we actually were ready to meet them and they had been in the lifestyle per them that's all I can say for years we're the newbies they're the veterans we go to meet up and we didn't even recognize them in person. The pictures that they used were. Wow. No, if yeah. you are going to turn on a couple, you cannot fake it. No, you I don't understand this catfishing thing. Like eventually how the fuck do you figure you're not going to get found out? I don't understand. I'm always authentic that's me i might use show a snapchat us filter up. this was not them and we didn't know how to say no we didn't know to say no we didn't know it was okay to say no and we went through with it and it was
1: fucking no, dry. and they didn't us stop us. it either
2: whoa, whoa, way back up No, we did not talk about this wow this wow oh my stomach hurts
0: i know wow you showed up and you didn't say no neither, you us. Didn't. No, neither wow. of us knew that we could Neither, we had no experience, didn't have anybody to talk to. The only people we talked to were the couple on the thing that were grooming us for our first meeting. It's not like we had anybody else that was in the lifestyle or that we could talk to about it because everybody's vanilla. Absolutely not. Did we know we could say no? Absolutely not. And I'm telling you that we fucked through a lot more than just one couple, not knowing that we could, not holding, not knowing that we should have boundaries, not knowing that we should never fuck through stuff. We went through a lot of crazy shit and it wasn't until we got into a community um, up here that it changed our whole thing. Our first experience was fucking awful. On a future podcast, I'd like to
2: actually dive into that story about your diving into the community. How did you find a community you fit into? We'll do that later because that fascinates me. That's something my lover and I are currently in the process of doing is figuring out where our community is, if there is
0: a community or is it just still one-on-one? Yeah. My whole thing anyway, my whole journey that I'm going to tell you about is that part of how I chose this. We chose that as a conscious decision, but I think what we did correctly that a lot of couples don't is we made the agreement a together in the beginning. We talked about it way more than we ever participated in it for a long time. We talked about it ad nauseum before we even attempted. We started by chatting, kept it there for a while. And then came back and had a mutual decision of, are we both on board with moving it forward? The thing that I think that most couples stop thinking about is your partner, whoever that is at the moment, is your priority. My husband was my priority. in the growth thing. If you're going to have a primary, to me, that is a priority. And we can talk verbiage and all the other stuff. You can have a nesting partner and that doesn't mean that you have to have primary or whatever hierarchy or whatever, but we're talking about 12 years ago for us, 11 years ago for us. We just decided that we made it important to us to always make each other the first at that time. That's how it started. We then recovered from said horrible experience and ended up meeting another couple. And we actually affectionately had called them our first couple because it was, Mutual, it was honest, it was authentic from the beginning. And they were already part of the lifestyle, but they were younger. They were my age versus the other couple. And we were their first couple. And technically, they were our first couple, good experience. And but they were (laughs) in the lifestyle, they came with this amazing community. And we really clicked and hit it off. My husband and his wife did, and I and the husband did. And you have to understand, when people get into the lifestyle, the swinger, I don't like swinger. I'm not going to call it that anymore. I'm just going to say it's lifestyle. I hate that version of that thing. But now how about poly and open? We'll get there. Well, an open relationship is, like- is fine too. I just don't like swinger. People are going to like swinger yeah. and that's fine too. For me, I don't like it. It's antiquated. I like open relationship. I like the relationship, but I like the word lifestyle because it's
2: in the moment. And I think I personally resonate with your belief. The fact that one moment I may be wanting to be with multiple partners, but at the next moment I may not. And it depends on who's feeding my needs at the moment. Right now I feel full 100%. And if we haven't, we'll talk about it in the future.
0: We just, if you are coming into lifestyle in new I want you to know that it, that the expectation, I don't like that word either, but expectations are always like, oh, most couples decide that they are going to mutually fuck another couple or another person. The individual peoples are always going to be easier than another couple. It is so hard to find four people that are sexually attractive and or sexually to each other, to each other or just connected. I don't necessarily, I don't have a body type. I don't care. If you make me laugh, I'm going to throw my panties in your face. If you're nice (laughs) to me, I'm going to fucking ride your face. Like it's not a physical thing for me, but sometimes it is physical. And a lot of times physical is what gets you through the door. It's so hard to find the dynamic of like couples loving couples and wanting to do that. Now we've been very lucky. We've had several, I can count four amazing couples where We love playing with each other and sometimes we still do, but this couple was our first foray into that. They actually have since been divorced, which was very heartbreaking. The husband and us are still really good friends and he's with a monogamous woman now. And we just, they're our travel buddies and they're fucking amazing. We appreciate and love them. It was really them and meeting that first couple, when he was married to his ex-wife that came with this community that we locked into a Facebook group for lifestyle people. And then we started getting invited to these meet and greets that they did. And then have since opened sex clubs downtown. And we were in on that whole thing. We got very lucky in the group of people that we were in this big movement for so many quality people were happening all together. And that's really where we started again, the online forum where you could ask questions. And back in the day of Facebook, that was how we decided. And then my husband and I did something really smart again, where I think we made each other priorities through most of it. And we had a million um, rules when we first got together. For fuck's sake, we had a rule that there was no kissing because it was too intimate. And it was literally, we were in a session with that not first shit couple, but I will say from now on our first yay couple. And I literally had the husband's dick in my mouth and I like look up at my husband. Really? I can have his dick in my mouth, but I can't kiss him. Are you serious? And my husband is, has his wife wrapped around his cock with her mouth. And he looks down at me and he goes, all right. And I broke (laughs) off and making out with the husband and- we broke the rules together.
2: And but it was I, super funny that the fact that his dick was in your mouth and you're like honey really, really I wouldn't mind tasting his tongue. But there is a rule in my relationship. There is a no kissing rule. Which is super funny you bring that specific rule up because it just came up like for Christmas he's like no kissing if we do bring anybody else and I'm like
0: okay. Again, for us, I'm not shaming or judging. If that is a, an agreement and I will not say rule because I do not like when couples have rules, it's bullshit. Again, okay. words of intention for me. I think again, yes. I'm going to yes, say, yes, yes. I don't like the word expectation and I would prefer understanding your goals, but my boyfriend will tell you that's fucking stupid because expectations, how is that not the exact same as what you're saying? You just don't like the word. And I'm willing right. to compromise. Fine. I don't like the fucking word expectations. Here's my deal. I don't like the word rules. I would rather say my words of intention are agreement and my words of intention are goal our understanding. We have all these rules and regulations and we have literally broken each rule together. Whether again, I didn't verbalize the fact that I was like, really, I can't kiss the dude. I had a penis in my mouth. It was, as we've just always honored each other in breaking it together and then having conversations. I am blessed with a partner that I don't have to guess. He's not that person that comes back six months later and he's 10 things I hate about Jenna. He is a processor. I'm an instant gratification. We have communication things, issues there that we have come to compromises on. Our life is compromised. Now, since we have been in this again, now 12 years or 11 years, sorry, We've grown. I've grown. My husband has no desire to date outside of him and I having fun with couples. He has no desire to date. He has no desire. It is changing. I will say he's making strides in it. Like he's starting to date now a little, and I'm so excited, but it assages my guilt. So that's a little shitty, I admit. but I am Polly. I have embraced Polly in the last Two and a half years, um, that's how I feel. That's who I am. It's not how I feel. That is who I am. I have the capability of romantic attachment and being in love. And to me, my love for any partner that I have, I don't care if I had one or six, would not denigrate from the others. It is specific and unique to them. I don't feel like any one person should be responsible for my happiness. I think that's unfair. My husband meets my needs in certain ways and my boyfriend meets my needs in certain ways. And if I have a partner, they meet my needs in certain ways. I'm not, I have a rule of three though, where I only have enough in me to romantically be with two people. Like my in love, I only have capability of supporting two people. Sex is sex to me. I could fuck another four or five, but time and all the other things and energy wise, I keep it to a husband, a boyfriend and a partner. And right now I'm not really even having any partners. I'm just focusing on the husband and the boyfriend. And that's my choice. Very good conversation to have because there are so many women because of the jealousy, they don't mind
2: having the multiple partners, but the jealousy kicks in.
0: It doesn't matter. You're going to have jealousy no matter what. My only thing is like my safety, my sexual safety, my sexual health. And that's the only thing that I'm super rigid about. That's my boundary. That is a rule. Like it needs to be consensual and it needs to be talked about. My personal life is a rule of three because I, I want to show up for my partners as much as I can. I want to be as supportive as I can. And I don't feel for me personally that I can maintain past three people. A husband and two lovers, a husband, a boyfriend, a lover, whatever that looks like. For me, the husband obviously is always there. I have my husband and then two two slots available. (laughs) Right now I'm concentrating on just my husband and my boyfriend relationship right now. Continue to see a partner that I have been seeing or see a different partner. It's actually an aside too, because if my husband and I play and I do have a boyfriend and a partner at the time, that's a separate thing for me, but that's just sex. It's more just lifestyle stuff. So romantically for me, it's a rule of three sexually for me, it doesn't matter. I could do as many, but I tend to not because I do also crave an emotional connection. Which is interesting. You say about the rule of three, because in my household, in the structure I was raised
2: in, we have a rule of three. Of course, it's not sexual, but it actually has to do with the church. If you hear the ever quiet voice or somebody tells you something and you hear it from three different sources, then it's God yelling at you to tell you to do something that you're not listening to the ever quiet voice.
0: Uh. I do have a rule of three. So yes, I do resonate with that very much. Maybe I should think about that. I tolerance well, I know. myself. And that's a boundary for me. I'm actually super okay with that. Rule of three for me. Again, just to lay it out straight. My husband is in an open relationship with his wife who is Polly, which is me. I am the hinge in a relationship right now where I have two male partners at this point, or excuse me, a husband and a boyfriend partners to me. Both of them are romantically monogamous, but can and do partake in sex. I have an on-again, off-again partner if I want or could if I, because I have the room for it and that would not be romantic for me, but I still show up in a lot of girlfriend-esque type ways. It could be more, it's just not. So for me, me. right now- I love your capability.
2: I honestly, my heart and my and a little bit of jealousy here, you show up for three individual guys, sometimes successful, sometimes not successful. The reality is you show up. And I love that. I love that about you. The fact that you have the capacity and we hear it over and over again, that women do not have the capacity, but we do.
0: Oh, we see, do. I hear a yeah. different. I don't hear that. I hear that women I don't show up in, to one. It's a nature and nurture versus hunter. I think we have more capacity because we are trained to have capacity where men are mine and they aren't supportive in their emotions and they don't know how to fucking emote beyond anger and violence, which is all they're taught is acceptable. I think men deny themselves the ability to have emotional connection with others. Because they're programmed to do some of that.
2: Right. That's true. Which is interesting in the fact that, yes, we've talked about the two male responses. And I love that because that gives me compassion when I am talking to the opposite that I fail. So in reality is I just need to let them learn at their own pace and then give them compassion. You show up, honey. You support them. I show up. I love that. My dearest friend, his David, he'll be a staple in this podcast. My dearest friend David, he always comes to me and goes, "I hold space." Yeah, I agree, and I love that he allows people to grow, but he's not showing them that they are failures. He's letting showing them up for them um, in the way up.
0: that they need to be shown up for, the way they yeah. that they need to be heard or communicate or loved or bolstered or admonished. That's what holding space is is meeting the person that you are with in the space that they are at and allowing them to authentically communicate and then asking how to support them best. It's the best way to be a partner. And that's something you and I, you have taught
2: me, which I love. You keep, you keep reiterating to me about the word listen and then checking in. Coming back to this decision I do, we're going to work on this part about listening and communicating because I think that's the key to everything and what we're talking about. I'm going to take the mic here and talk about my choices. Your turn. Yes. Yay, yay, yay. All right. I am currently in a open lifestyle relationship. I am in a relationship with a, a lover and he sees other people I currently have chosen not to. And it's a lot of it's because of what I'm going through currently, and it's that I just don't have the bandwidth to do more. I grew up in the church. There was a lot of lockdown on your hetero and your hetero monogamous, and those are your only choices. I was only exposed to that. I didn't know about swingers. I didn't know about polyamory, and it was always jokes or on movies. It was never really any other outlet. No. And it there was cheating, and that was it. There was... It wasn't acceptable. So you either ran the relationship or not in a relationship. That was it. In school, I was always hetero, monogamous, but I didn't have a lot of boyfriends. I figured, okay, got to grow as a person. But I got, I had a boyfriend my senior year and we broke up right before prom and I took his friend to prom (laughs) and I got pregnant prom night. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) We started dating after prom and then we had to get married because that's the way you do things. We got married in the church. I had my son. I was divorced by 20, single mom. And I basically dated here and there, but it was raising my son, trying to figure out what I wanted. And I really wanted the white picket fence. That's my dream. The white picket fence to be the come home to wifey. I will have dinner ready. Your house would be clean. Your laundry would be done because
1: that's, the ideal life that I had. Thanks many of us were raised that way. <laughs> and we didn't have a lot to think about otherwise. For years, I didn't have
2: relationships. I was just like, I'll just wait for the perfect little Christian man that comes in and saves the day. I had to raise my son. Like I had jobs. My parents helped a lot and they were wonderful actually in that aspect. About 28, I started working the night shift and I met a man and an older man and Speaking of my older man, face? face. No face. Not a face for you. Not a face. (laughs) He was 20 years older than me, and but he didn't look it. It was actually part of our beginnings—look older. And but I didn't know he was on with me on a woman, and he left her. She kicked him out. Not too sure on that. And moved in with me. And so now I got him as default. He was an alcoholic, but I learned a lot from him. I want to diminish that. He he taught me and he gave a lot to me as in time and energy, things like that. It was really an awesome fit for me at the time. I grew out of that. And then I started to find out that I had more self-worth than in a situation. He wasn't honoring me. That's where the alcoholism came in. Gotcha. I became the people pleaser to him. So at 32, I was single again. And became a serial dater, had gotten used to sex on a regular basis. Sorry, I'd only had sex with selected few men, but I dated. There wasn't any apps like there were, but there was Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> and I am a serial Craigslister. <laughs> I went to CA, Craigslist Anonymous, many, many times. This is bad, all bad, and we'll talk about Craigslist more later because that shows back up. But as a serial dater, I tried to put my best foot out there. Still looking for a monogamous relationship. Still looking for that monogamous relationship and still looking for the heteromonogamous. After a couple of years of doing that, I didn't have sex on a regular basis and I wasn't getting the love that I was hoping to find. I became a closeted fucker. <laughs> I became a serial fucker and that's my term. I'm going to use it. And I fucked a lot. Secretly. Like, I would go meet people and have sex in Park That's another story later. And I did it mainly to fill holes, to feel something. I was so empty and I just needed to feel.
1: So it's just connection at that yeah. point, just like human connection, I touching know. and touching. Yep. Yeah. And so I get it. I was always a
2: single mom. I met one of his best friends' father, which is an interesting story, and I adopted his son. And I had two boys. For a long time, my, his father passed away, took care of him. It was just my boys and me, and my secret of having sex with people. I found another man. He's the blue tarp man. Oh, yes, blue tarp <laughs> stories. <laughs> I was with him for a couple of years, but he wasn't open for love. He was not capable of it. At, at his EQ was. As that came to an end, and after years of being with him and going up and experiencing the tarp, I decided that I would just continue to do serial fucking. That worked for me, no relationships. And then I ended up, got an opportunity to come up to Oregon and take care of my family, help with my family, because we were separated at the time I was in California. I got up here and I was going, okay, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to date.
1: But you like, you left California. Left California. Came to Oregon. So all of your network is gone, like all your friends, all your family. You've got family up here that you've moved up here for, but like you're trying the playing field we're starting over 42 years old.
2: Okay. And after getting up here and taking care of my father and he passed away, I was lost. I was really lost. I had still had my one son and my other son had become estranged at the time, my one son which is on the spectrum, and taking care of him, taking care of my mother, and there was no time for me, and I was missing sex, and I was missing anything. And then I decided that screw it, I'm a serial fucker again, again up here, and I became a serial fucker. I got hooked up on a website where they didn't have that back in California. Craigslist had shut down its parts, and so I on this website, I. Found dick. <laughs> we know you love Dick. <laughs> no, don't nobody knows that. Uh, anyways, I got my holes filled, and I didn't feel full. I didn't feel anything. I was just feeling numb. But I was learning a lot about myself. The one thing I told myself at that point: I wasn't going to hide it. This is where my experience started to grow, and I wasn't going to be a people pleaser so much. I needed to find out what I wanted. I didn't know that all my orgasms. I didn't know my body. I still had yet to find my clit. I'm mean, I did, but I didn't play with it. It was more of penetration. That's all I did. sure. I started to be a little more demanding And in my experience going out there and meeting these men and demanding a little more uncertain certain areas. Like I found somebody that was like a serial liquor. And let me tell you, if he was good. <laughs>
1: That sounds good. I've got to be a serial link. You better be good at it. Like, otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <should> do? <laughs> hey, you're not. We're,
2: no, I'm just kidding. I started to meet people, and I did get in a relationship, an open relationship. After doing the serial fucking for a while here, I had decided that I was going to bring it down and find a couple lovers so that I can lay with myself more. And I found this one, an older man who really was great at exploring and having sex. Like, we had 13-hour sex the first, one of the first times. Dear chief. <laughs> <Right? laughs> Love that part about him, and he was awesome. We made this agreement that when he would come to, because he lived in another state, he would come, and we would, he would play with me when he was here. And then I went to his state one time, met his other lovers, and it was really eye-awakening.
1: This is your first foray into like open, an alternative. Alternative. Like serial fucking. Right. Where you're actually taking into account what you need and then honoring you and not having so much shame about it. And then really loving
2: myself, loving the fact, but still understanding at the time into this relationship that what I was doing, I was fucking to fill holes, to feel that emptiness. When I started to love myself and love my orgasms, love my body. That's when the hole started to fill up. The self esteem came back. Yeah. open. Love it. He had come back to visit one time, this lover that I had at the time. He had been in a relationship that I wasn't aware of because, yeah, it's a longer story, but we'll get to the point of it. She had introduced him to polyamory. Okay. And he had sat there and given me um, quite a few informational hours about <laughs> what he had learned <laughs> on polyamory. I remember he showed up. 10 o'clock one night and I was up to 4 a.m. listening to his story. Oh my goodness. And then it wasn't done. I was like, can we sleep? Now? I got to work. <laughs> and then the next morning he went off to do his thing, came back and he went back into it. And I'm like, "Going, this sounds too hard. I like, like, how do you do it? And so that left me with all these questions about polyamory. When he left, I decided we're to learn a little bit about it. Not that I think I had the bandwidth for it, now, when he left, when you guys broke up? No, when he left to go back to the state. Okay. The state, we, when he went back to his state, I decided to do some research. And so that's when I reached out through my connections and, and meeting people, because I'm really great at meeting people. I met a man that taught me a little bit more about polyamory. I said, look, I would really love to pick your brain about it. And so we sat and talked for four hours one time, just talking about all of what he learned. His exposure, what he was going through in his polyamorous relationship, why he was where he was at, he was just open and honest. And we became good friends. I actually miss him. I wish I knew where he went, but it hit ball I started to realize, okay, that open relationship was okay for me. I was okay with that. But I really wanted more. I always wanted more. I always wanted to have that. Do you want a partner? I wanted a partner. Okay. I really wanted a, not a live partner, but somebody that was willing because I wasn't expecting anybody to come in and take on all my burdens with me, but somebody that could come and listen and somebody that can come in and, Hey, you, your mom's having a bad day. What can I do to make your day?
1: It sounds like a partner. Right. Yeah. So I had more than casual sex, and, but somebody who doesn't have to be a committed marriage tiny down type of shit. It's yeah. something that had that good boy well, in depth, right? Like emotions and romance, romance. And something more than just like I'm filling the holes. Okay.
2: Somebody that asked about my date. Somebody that took time and checked in. I didn't have people that checked in with me other than family. Even my my lover from the other state, he checked in and I, I was addicted to that because he would and he would take time. But then when he went away, we dwindled because he got into a relationship happily into his future relationship with his wife. And they are happily married right now. Very proud of him and his decision to...
1: Take are they it. monogamous now? Uh-huh. They are monogamous, but they play with couples. Okay. They are romantically monogamous, okay. but they have sex with other couples. Right. Okay. They're in an open relationship. They are not monogamous. Okay. There you go. But they don't have it without each other. They do it together. That's totally right. Well, they're swingers but, by yeah. that term. Terminal, the term that I hate, yes, yeah. <laughs> for those that don't know all the others, yes, yes. they are swingers. So. Swingers,
2: open relationship. When he went back to his state and we dwindled, it sizzled out. And I decided in my heart, I was smart enough at that point in my body sense. And in my, I was stable, like I could have a relationship, I could have a discussion, I could share myself. I was open to wanting to share Wanting to be that partner that I was going to go out for a monogamous relationship. So I did put myself back out there. Long-term relationship. Won it. Yay. Huh. First person I met, not wanting a long-term relationship. <laughs> Second person I met, not wanting a... At the, online dating is nightmare. I even paid for dating services. I paid thousand dollars to join a dating service. That was when I first got here when I was trying to do the right thing before my dad passed. I had paid for this.
1: Now was Match and uh, Match.com, were they around at that time? Was it a service like that? No, this was a old-fashioned,
2: remember the old video dates, but this didn't have the video. You would go to an office, she interviewed
1: you, you would put in the database, and she would Match make you that nine dates I went on. And all of this in aspirations of finding a monogamous relationship for right. long-term monogamous. Was it monogamous that you were looking for? It's oh, at that time. So white, back to the white picket fence. When yeah. I first got here, I wanted that. It was like coming up
2: here, didn't have the network anymore that you brought. I, I went in and signed up for this dating service, paid the money so that I could have quality dates. They were supposed to be professional. They were all professionals, but all they wanted was something that I wasn't. Just was fine. They were all different. That's a great story. But then my dad died going forward to the lover that went back to the state. After he left, wanted to date again and but I wanted a, a monogamous relationship. Okay. Went on a couple dates, made a couple friends that are, you know, still my friends today. But after about a year of that, just couldn't do it anymore. just like I miss sex. I miss quality sex. But at the same time I missed that connection, and I realized, oh, wait, Maybe I could do open relationships. Mm-hmm. I really got into doing that, thinking about it, having multiple lovers. And I started to have multiple lovers. At the time, I had, I think it was up to four at one point. Nobody checked in with me. That was fine. I got my needs met on a regular basis, which was awesome. And on your terms, and on my terms. And I got to check out. I didn't have to check in with them either. That was cool. I didn't have to give them updates of what was going on in my life. It was awesome. I got introduced to the That was was fun. Uh-huh. What my life is. So I dove in that, just like I did polyamory. Found somebody that was willing to teach me. <laughs> got a teacher there. Then I wanted to become a master. I got a master trainer over there and I was gonna be a dominatrix. Cute little five two dominatrix all. Love it. Actually I love should take Let's do it. Did all that. I was really excited and I was just enjoying my life. I had started to get full. So I loved the feeling in myself. I loved how my orgasms, they weren't right. Everybody else got to enjoy if they participated,
1: got to enjoy my orgasms. But they really were for me. You were essentially, as you so lovingly keep calling it, filling your own hole. (laughs) Okay, that's beautiful. I love that. I met... My lover I had now uh, a year ago,
2: it was it, it really a blind date. I showed up at a hotel room, knocked on the door, and
1: met for the very first time. <laughs> it's, it's like, I do not know if I'm not dead like 90,000 <laughs> times. <laughs> 90,000 times. Uh, I don't know either. We
2: played and then we played again and we played again. And then the, the connection just got stronger and he kept checking in and he would check in with me. I would check in with him and it. It just became we were comfortable together, and then the love showed up. And that was awesome. But the part I absolutely love about the situation is I didn't have to change my life, fit right into Right, I needed. He filled me. I'm hot. I will see what you did there. And so I was able to. But I still, in all this process, learned a lot about myself, and that's the part that I really want to share. I had actually got into the BDSM world because of the pod.
1: Okay. Oh, interesting.
2: I wanted to be able to have conversations with people and understand open and poly. I got learned BDSM, but I'm going to talk about it. I went to the sex club on a Halloween, and I handed out business cards to people that are open relationships and poly relationships. I was handing out a lot. I still have all these wonderful friends, and I met the gentleman that taught me about BDSM and all the different t- types yeah. that he knew about, from fucksalls that he built to electric, which I was totally anti electric, but now I'm experimenting with it. You mean shocks? Okay, like just for clarification. He taught me out. How- he even did Shabari on me. Oh no. The very nice, yes. Nice. And then he let me flog him. So well we will talk about that in another episode. Yes, yeah. so we will. And so that was my decision, my path
1: to becoming But to be clear, let's yeah. round this out. Yeah. So you right now, how do you right. how do you say your relationship as what do you call it? i am an open lifestyle okay but i choose at this
2: moment to not have any other romantic partners okay so i'm choosing and your partner does have other partner he does have other a partner okay beautiful with that said let's go ahead and wrap this wonderful conversation up
1: thank you again for listening to our podcast and look forward to more wonderful subjects in the future and episode number four is a short little one about kinks we're excited to share that one too yes go be good humans. go be good humans hi everyone thank you for listening and supporting our podcast just to let you know you can check us and all of our resources out at com, or you can leave us a message by calling 503-451-5234 go be great humans to each other
2: I was watching actually this year for Christmas, the bad mother's Christmas. And there's a woman on there I resonate with. They were all at a gingerbread house making event. The one, the two mothers that are prime and proper are making these amazing gingerbreads. The one is making a cock. Yeah. Gingerbread fucking love that woman. That would be me. She was like, look, I broke my cock. Love that scene. And I I love love (laughs) it. Yeah, I, love I want to drink with her. Yes, I want to drink with her. I want to take her out and have a go to the strip clubs and actually see her in person because yeah, in that movie, is
0: Catherine Hahn, I want her to be my best friend in the whole entire world. <laughs> also, also right? Bell and me lacunas. I'm not going to lie. If you guys ever listen and you want to hang out, we are so down.
2: <laughs> Portland, we'll take you to the strippers. <laughs>